this is Asim. Um, it's 6.27 in the evening in Singapore. Uh, and this is a podcast, Passion Art and Coffee with you. Today, um, I have a guest joining for, an in- uh, not an interview, but for more of a discussion. Uh, a good friend of mine, we've been studying, we study, we've been friends for, I think, almost 20 years now, for about 18 years, I think. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Aijan. Aijan is a, a host of a podcast in Russian called Prosta Zizni, Simply About Life. She hosts very interesting uh, dialogues, uh, interviews uh, on different questions about life. Um, so please welcome Aijan. Hi, Aijan. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Last time we recorded in Russian on your podcast. And yes. this time we decided to make it in English. So today's topic is going to be about marriage. Um, yeah. Marriage in particular in Kazakhstan. Since we're both from Kazakhstan, uh, our views on it, how it's considered in Kazakhstan, uh, in general, our own relationship towards marriage, right? Yeah, yeah. Very important issue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think especially like... Uh, I see the consequences of it. We both studied in Kazakh Girls High School, uh, which is like a Catholic school for girls. Um, it was kind of religious, like uh, Islamic, uh, uh, which was at the same time not allowed, but still there was some presence of it and was under very strict Turkish uh, organization. So it was yeah. kind of like a Catholic school for girls, girls, right? Everything's strict. So we, a little bit, I feel like we grew up to be not very healthy feminists, I think. <laughs> yeah. At least now I see the consequences of, of, of that education, right? How, what do you think? Well, I think, uh, yeah, it was uh, mostly, um, it wasn't religious, uh, but the religion itself wasn't inflicted upon us. Um, well, but it, was it was kind of certain people was, still. Yeah, it was kind of suggested, you know, like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't verbally uh, mm-hmm. suggested, but uh, you could sense the presence of the religion, which wasn't very bad. But uh, at that stage of our lives, we, because we were uh, young uh, females who were learning about life, and um, uh, I think. Uh, it's uh, it has two sides, you know. It has a good side of it and it has a bad side of it. Um, so I think um, it it, it uh, depends on how you look at it. I think it's. I mean, like the influence. Not. I mean, uh, I don't mean about the influence of religion, but in influence on the on that education, on the Turkish education, uh, on our um, uh, behavior at this age yeah. and our behavior towards men at this age because we kind of grew up to be uh you know against the men they they say oh men are bad you are not supposed to be in love with them you are not supposed to talk to them and it was like if you meet guys uh, from other uh, high school I mean like from other schools during some kind of science uh, fair or something the teachers would say "Uh, to the wall to the wall everyone to the wall and you just like as a as an army student, you stand next to the wall and you're just like 
or the guys are passing by, so no one gives, no one exchanges letters or uh, or messages, you know. So it was that yeah. kind of a uh, education, which was yeah. which is now funny, but back then I thought, is this the norm? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We had that. We had that. Um, we were taught, and we were uh, always uh, told that men uh, or guys young guys uh you shouldn't talk to them uh because they are bad to you or they yeah. can be bad to you mm-hmm. uh, you are smarter than bo- the boys you are a lot better than boys and we always thought that which wasn't good after after graduating from the school yeah uh, personally i uh when i uh, when i was in the university later on uh, uh at the first time like first couple of years for me, it was really difficult to communicate with guys because I always thought that it's not good for me mm-hmm. and they can be bad to me and all these kind of things. And I was a little bit like a strange uh, feminist, which yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. which we didn't know that uh, that word at all at that time, you know, like being feminist or something like that. We, but we were uh, acting strange. I, I think the first couple of years, for me personally, I was acting a little bit strange to the guys, and probably they would didn't understand my behavior. But later on, when I was looking around, uh, when other girls from other schools were studying with me there, and uh, how easy it was for them to communicate with guys, and I was always thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I build uh, uh, like a friendship? Uh, mm-hmm. with with guys at that point of time and later on I think I just uh, grew up from that stage and then I started to look at them normally like uh, any other girl but um, it took some time right and it's not like it one took time years it, yeah. it took more than that we kind of skipped this teenage years where you were supposed to be finding about finding out about yourself about who are boys and having all this you know beautiful love kind of like a dreamy relationships at that like yeah. I don't know 15 8 between 14 and 18 that's the age right we kind of skipped it it went into being adults right away and yeah. not that we didn't know what how to be an adult we didn't even know how to be a teenager who was in love with a boy so it was kind of a little bit weird in that sense for me which I found out like later on I think but I, I feel like it definitely had an effect uh, yeah. on the future, building of your future personality. Yeah. But, you know, like, it had it had an influence on us. But uh, I could also say that it saved us from some heartbreaks, you know? Oh, no. If you, if you, Whatever happened yeah. afterwards wasn't better. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, uh, maybe we were uh, very um tender at that time like very gentle and uh if maybe i'm thinking maybe uh maybe if we were studying in different schools maybe we had maybe we we would have had um bad uh heartbreaks you know but uh we um learned about it later when we were a bit uh more grown up and we could I think, you know, I think that, of course, it had an influence, but also, on the other hand, it saved us a little bit from De- definitely. being heartbroken teenagers, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. when you're very, very, 
you know, young and、uh, gentle、yeah. at that time?、Uh, I think it made our parents' job definitely easier. Yeah. Because we were, studying, <laughs> yeah, we were studying from nine in the morning till nine in the evening. And we used to be in a dormitory school, so you come home only during weekend. All you want to eat is have enough, all you want to do is have enough sleep and eat a lot. So we wouldn't be going out anywhere. We wouldn't be meeting anyone. Just like, you know, survival mode kind of thing for five like, straight years from the age of what? 12 till 17, right? Yeah. So it was、yeah. kind of like a, I think it, it made our parents' job easier. We weren't making any house parties while they're away, or we weren't, I don't know, in the clubs causing trouble, running away from home. I think in that sense, it, it was a positive thing. You, you never know, right? How、yeah. it would have turned out. And I don't think we would be studying abroad if we stayed in the same school because our school was. Like, actually,、uh, teaching us to be ambitious and、yeah. telling us that、oh, we can do everything. They're like, not just the,、uh, you, you don't have to stay locally, you can go abroad, you can be this, you can be that, you can be whatever, whoever you want. So, in that sense, I loved it very much、uh, that side because it taught me how to be ambition, am- ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. It opened doors to a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that.、Uh, apart from、uh, education, apart from all the good things that we learned there, also being on your own, you know, like at that point of time when we were living there in the boarding school、uh, with, without parents, without their help, without、mm-hmm. their support. We had support, but, you know, like we weren't with them. All the time, only、yeah. on the weekends. So we learned to、uh, be on our own, to study on our own,、um, to be ambitious,、mm, and、um, to communicate with other people, which is most, I think it's、uh, it's very important, you know, like、yeah. we were leaving、uh, 24 girls in one classroom and we had a big one room in the dormitory where we slept. The first couple、so、of we, years, yeah, we like 25 girls, we slept in one huge room, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a so... lot of hormones. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it taught us a lot of things we, which we wouldn't have. Uh, had the opportunity to have、uh, if we studied in other, in, in, in other schools. Yeah, totally agree.、Um, yeah. Apart from the only, I think, downside of it was that we were not able to communicate well with the other、uh, sex, you know, with the other, with guys. With the opposite sex, yeah. With the opposite sex, yeah. So I think that's the, the, the only op-、uh, downside that I could. Find after you know so many years,、um, but it's not a big,、uh, big thing, you know, if you look at it now.、Uh, uh, okay, okay, keep going. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> Are you thinking? <laughs> no, I'm no. just thinking.、Uh, I on, on me, I think it made more effect. I mean, like, I can count.、Uh, The negative things that were, and I wouldn't go, I wouldn't want to go back there,、uh, to be honest, because it wasn't an easy experience. It was fun, and we just kind of went through it.
as a I mean as kids practically uh, but positive positive things were a lot as well uh, when it comes to communication with the boys I think it kind of I don't know it kind of made us like too independent which I had to fight with when I started dating and I kind of had to, I felt like I need to prove that I can do everything on my own and that I don't need the men's support. Uh, it kind of like, you know, that kind of a not healthy behavior towards men, I would say. So it took me like a, quite long years to overcome that or to, to realize that that was a problem or to ta- teach myself uh, how to make it right because I haven't seen any other option. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of like, you know, works on building your relationship uh, with with men in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see any difficulties? Like you're married, you have two kids. Mm-hmm. Did you have any difficulties uh, when you just started dating your husband? Or uh, what kind of a feeling did you have when he proposed to you or like when you were getting married? Um. I well, as I said, I had um, difficulty in, in communicating uh, men in general at first, but after uh, a couple years at the university, and then I had I had uh, guy friends at the university. So uh, later on, I just kept you know learning how to communicate with them. But yeah, I agree with you that I was very strong. A female uh, at that time uh, strong confident I thought that I could do anything on my own without the help of others which I also which I always thought that it was my um, uh, it was my um, weak side you know uh, mm-hmm. because as I remember when I said that you have a very uh, good uh, trait of a character when you you I mean you when you mm-hmm. are not afraid to ask for help yeah. and I had to learn that later on but yeah, yeah I mean uh, in general uh, you can ask mm-hmm. for help and then you just get the help and you are not uh, embarrassed for example for me mm-hmm. it was difficulty difficult because I was feeling embarrassed and still to this point in my life I have difficulty in asking for help because I think mm. if I ask for help, then I, then I come out to them as a weak person, you know, that I, th- I mm-hmm. can't do something uh, on my own. So for me, it is difficult up to now. But uh, talking about my experience in marriage and uh, communicating, communicating with my husband, um, at first, it was difficult because it was my first experience ever uh, in mm-hmm. uh, having a, a love, uh, like a, a love affair with my husband. Mm-hmm. And you, you know all of that. But yeah. uh, for me, it was difficult uh, because I didn't know how to do it. I always uh, watched it in the movies and I was and I am still romantic you know, to a very deep, uh, deep parts of my heart. I'm very, very romantic Mm -hmm. because I watched all these movies um, and I thought that love is like that, like in the movies. Mm -hmm. But it's not always like that. 
it's completely everyone is different. Done. Every, everyone is different and it's completely opposite of what we watch in the movies because what we watch in the movies is all made up by people by romantic people that wanted to <laughs> that wanted to uh, see love like that but it's not like that because it's life and for me it was difficult to to um understand that to uh to accept that and you you need to understand that love has like up and ups and downs and everybody's relationship is different and everybody's relationship goes through ups and downs but at that time for me it was like how come i'm so romantic i want all of these things but i'm i i'm heartbroken you know mm -hmm. so uh because we didn't have that opportunity to live through all of these experiences when we were teenagers, we were, when we were young adults at the universities, because of all of that, we had to learn all of this later on in our mm -hmm. adult life. And like you kind of, uh, you kind of learn it by experience right away, right? Yeah. Like instead of going through stages, you take or whatever you missed before and whatever you know now, you just go and apply on the person and on your relationship. And there's no surprise that sometimes you mess it up. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes you end up being heartbroken or something, right? Yeah, well, I would add here, not sometimes, most of the times you are going to be heartbroken. Yeah. Because you mm. don't know how to do it. And um, we have all these... Uh, books, all of this information uh, that uh, men have different nature than women and that we are totally different. We are from different planets, like the book, like the famous book. Yeah, uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Yes, and it's, it's hard. It's hard. And but do you think... Uh... Now, like one of the reasons I wanted to make this episode in English, in English, is to share a little bit uh, the understanding uh, of marriage in Kazakhstan, uh, in our culture, and how girls are raised in in the in that environment and in that culture, right? Mm -hmm. So you lived in the city, and I lived in the village. Mm -hmm. uh, even though we're from almost from the same region, there are still like small differences. Mm -hmm. So I would like to like just give a background to our listeners what it's like uh, growing up to be a uh, a girl in Kazakhstan, and maybe you can agree or disagree in places. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, for us, uh, I now like later on growing. I think I started realizing that we were raised not as girls but as brides, like future brides. Yeah. In Kazakhstan, like sending away a girl for marriage, it was a huge deal. They would prepare her like in so many stages, starting from taking care of herself, ending with taking care of the new family, cooking, everything. And since like I was growing up in the village, the rules were absolutely different. They were more strict than the ones in the city because you leave like, in a countryside you have house animals you a lot of times like in the more like earlier like even now i think in small villages are like that but like even 10 to 20 years ago you had to wake up like five six in the morning uh 
Swiftaria uh, send the cattle to uh, to the what is it called hay, mm-hmm. uh, and then take care like make breakfast for the whole family. Most of the time, they live with their uh, in laws, and it was like um. You, you need to be able to do everything. Like even my mom used to say, oh, you cannot make a doll, uh, like pasta kind of mm-hmm. thing, how you're going to get married. Yeah. So it was one of the, as if it was one of the requirements to be a good bride. You know, if you cannot do it, they would say, oh, they're going to return you back. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was partially a joke, but uh, it's still true. Yeah. Right? It was very strict towards girls to be able to do everything mm-hmm. you have you raise kids you have kids you get married you take care of the in-laws you cook you wash and everything was like this is all kind of like a um and uh, un- un- not not up to discussion yeah. it's just like by default yeah that's what a girl should do and i'm not saying there's like a right or wrong i think it's part of the culture part of the uh, traditions and every country has their own thing uh, but for me it was a little bit difficult yeah because I wanted to be an indivi- individual person uh, I didn't want to be as a uh, considered as just a bride you know and I was very communicative growing up and everyone used to say oh you probably are gonna get married very fast and very early you're so active you're so communicative and that's when I realized that oh being communicative is not a good thing apparently for a bride and to me since then like I felt like the marriage is a failure because uh, only people who have nothing else to do would do it you know and it took me like I don't know 15 years to change that attitude toward marriage and to understand that actually marriage is not about failure it's about creating a loving family with the person you love and who loves you yeah Yeah, totally agree but when when you were getting married did you have difficulties facing all this kind of uh some um you know by by default behavior towards you as a bride Mm -hmm. well Let's start from my background. Um, mm-hmm. My parents uh, would would never uh, tell me about you know getting married and that you are gonna be like a bad bride if you can't do this or that. Their attitude towards marriage was like you are gonna get married one day, but first mm-hmm. you have to study, you have to find job, and then all that will come naturally to you. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, we are not going to teach you how to, you know, do things like, you know, like making a dough or things like that. My mom used to say, Mm -hmm. uh, when I, because we were living in a boarding school, we would never be at home. So for me, there was Mm -hmm. no opportunity to uh, be able to start to learn cooking because during the weekends, it was only two days. Well, actually, it would be mm-hmm. like a one and a half day because on Sundays even on Sunday evenings we, we would have to go back to the school. So all we had to do was like come home, wash our clothes. At that time, we didn't have like washing mm-hmm. machines or vacuum cleaners. We had vacuum cleaners, but you know, back then it was like a luxury thing. So 
we had we had to do everything with our hands and then I would come home I would bring my clothes I would wash them by myself then uh, if you have time you can you know study or do your homework and then do all the house um, housework like uh, cleaning you know washing sweeping and blah 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 Mm-hmm. And then we would never have time, like, to proper cooking, to, you know, like, uh, and parents, they, as you said, they they were not too worried about your studying because they knew that the teachers and our um, tutors took all the responsibility yeah. for that. And then they would be just, uh, they they see you, they, uh, they cook dinner for you or, like, they cook food for you and then you eat and they, then you go back to the boarding school. So I personally didn't have like the opportunity to cook. I mean, my my mom would never say you have to cook, you know, if you don't want to, okay, I'll cook, you know. And then she would mm-hmm. al- always say, you will, uh, you will learn to cook when you will have, um, when you will have to, you know, like, you will have that, um, you will need to cook when you under the circumstances when you will have to. Yeah. So when I went to Almaty to study and I was living in the dormitory and I knew that nobody's going to cook for me. So I started learn, started to learn to cook and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But my mom would never say, okay, you need to do this to be able to become a good bride. There was no, mm-hmm. it, it was not part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. So um, later on, uh i started to i knew how to cook basically um uh, and about marriage uh, my parents especially my mom she would never say you have to you know get married soon you are for example 25 and you have to it's time time is ticking tiktok you have to you know Mm -hmm. like get married as soon as possible no she would say uh don't look for marriage don't look for getting married it will come naturally to you you do your work you do your studies Mm -hmm. and then when the time comes you will get married so don't worry about that so that kind of um, uh, attitude of my parents it would make it easier for me and also as a part of that it came to me that um, I didn't want to actually get married it wasn't very important for me at that time I thought I was so ambitious I thought okay I I had my master's degree uh, I now I need to get to work I had to I have to build my career but when I was uh, at the same time of course I had a, a lot of breakups uh, mm-hmm. at the same time of my life but then I thought okay I will build my career and then I will find my partner you know it when the time comes it it comes so i I didn't i didn't look for it i always thought that i have uh i will uh meet a guy and that would be it it would be for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life that i thought it's it um this is gonna be my life but i think also that now if looking back at it i i think that um i should have had more uh, experience because i always uh, kept myself from uh, 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 giving, I mean, going into the relationship because I thought, mm-hmm. no, it's not my type of guy. I will find mm-hmm. another one. I mean, like, I will find the guy, the guy, and he would be my partner for the rest of my life. And, yeah, and just going to be, like, one person. Yeah, one person. So I didn't have yeah. other experiences. 
that was I think that was my mistake because I had to look and I had to experience things at that time so um, now it's very interesting right like we're almost from we're like our cities I mean you're from the city I'm from the village it's like a 60 kilometer difference yeah but just like the whole understanding, whole uh, behavior towards marriage and towards culture is quite different, right? Yeah, uh, I think every every family is different um, like that in country. Yeah, but yeah, in our area uh, here in the in our region, uh, most of the mm-hmm. families are like what you described. But because my mom is from Russia and my mm. my parents, she's Kazakh, but she's from Russia, and my parents are were the people that studied uh, and then got married after 25 mm-hmm. years so they they built their career at the city graduated from the universities they nobody helped them parents didn't help them they were on their own and my mom mm-hmm. after graduating her university um, in Russia she got sent mm-hmm. as they would do it in the former Soviet Union they they she had to go to Kazakhstan to work because she was sent and um, yeah and then she, that's how she ended up here in our region in Taraz so yeah she, she my parents were like uh, were like that they thought that you need to study and get your degree and work and then get married um, in our family they also like that's why I think they sent us to uh, the Kazakh Turkish girls high school uh, to get an education, but I don't think they expected us to go that far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I've you. been living abroad since I'm 17, basically, right? On and off, but mostly I'm abroad. My brother lived, uh, studied abroad, but then he lived with parents for a long time. Now he's uh, overseas as well. Uh, my sister got married earlier. She has a family, but she started, like, uh, Taya, um, studying for MBA now she's almost graduating this year so like even when I talk to my parents they usually say but yeah but not until 32 I'm 32 this year and I kind of didn't want to get married as late as possible or I wanted to get married as late as possible like whenever people do you remember in high school years we used to make this five-year plan mm-hmm. And I had this five-year plan when uh, until 24. And people would ask me when you're getting married. And the pressure started when I turned 23. Uh, And I would be like, oh, when I'm done with my stuff. Mm -hmm. And people are like, what are your stuff? So I had like education, abroad, work, blah, blah, blah. And then after 24, I had to make like other five-year plan. And I'm like, okay, so when the marriage is coming and in, inside me, I realized uh, I don't want to. So it took like very long time to realize what is marriage, uh, what is the value of it in my life? Because if you think about it, it's very comfortable to be single. Yeah. You know, um, at this age, I think we can do a lot of things uh, on our own. If you're a strong woman, if you're... Um, smart you can do a lot of things on your own yeah and you kind of get used to uh to that Mm -hmm. lifestyle yeah so it's kind of you have to teach yourself how to live with other person you have to uh, you have to learn like um how to 
live mm-hmm. with other people. And so I think it's like it takes some experience. I have a very important question. Do you believe in soulmates? Um uh that's a very good question. Um I do believe, but I don't think that they certainly have to be a man and a woman finding uh finding each other for the rest of their lives. Sometimes it can be your friend. Sometimes yeah That's sometimes it can be a yeah. friend it's, it could be a, fe- a girlfriend like a female friend it can be a male friend mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be uh, that it it is your husband i think uh, that yeah but of course you are lucky enough to meet your soulmate and get married to that person but i think uh, love is built it's not something that you are that you, you are gifted you know because at first, it's all mm-hmm. chemistry, it's all love and uh, affection. But later, it's all about hard work. It's all about doing the hard work every single day. That's uh, that's what is called love. Well, what 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 do you think is important uh, to build a strong relationship in marriage? I think, uh, what values? I think it's accepting the other person first first of all Fully? you can't uh at first you can't accept that person uh fully because it should be um the love uh what do you call when you love without any terms unconditional yes. unconditionally it, it can be it's called unconditional love but unconditional love is only the love of a mother to her kid to her child but in real life you can not have an unconditional love to, to towards another person and you cannot accept everything about him uh like from the first time but it is what you do every single day mm-hmm. like so what well, like like what can you give like uh, examples of values or like certain things for example you uh, apply in your marriage that helps you to make it work um I think, what do you mean the values of the other person or doing what you... No, your, your values. For example, for me, it's very important that the mm, family is based uh, on oh, honesty, yeah. um, built on honesty, uh, kindness, and respect yeah, towards totally. each other. For me, yeah. it's like very important. Do you have anything like that in your family? Yeah, I agree. For yeah, first of all, it should be honesty, and trust towards each other. Mm-hmm. And I think love is based on these values. It's not. It's. It doesn't have like just love. You know, it's not happening like that. Because after you get married, mm-hmm. uh, all of that goes goes away. And then what is left is friendship, honesty, trust and respect as you said uh what about communication uh are you that open and able to communicate like sit down with your husband like that or is it still it's a, an ongoing a process challenge? It, you, you are not you are never like yeah. okay i'm 100 percent like you know uh check i'm 100 percent com- communicative with my uh partner no it's not happening like that because Sometimes it's very difficult even yes. just to express because something, right? You don't know how to express some things. 
and uh, yeah. to be able to communicate uh, in a good in a good way, like so that the other person understands you. It's very very difficult because you are. Uh, yeah everything is covered with your emotions and your feelings and sometimes it's regret sometimes it's disappointment sometimes it's anger sometimes it's all of these things and then it's hard to like take away only the good stuff and be able to express it so Uh, have you heard of the uh, five languages of love i started to read it by the way but it's finished yeah i subscribe to that a page to the author and he sends me like almost I think daily emails about yeah I think I don't remember the name Mm, so this is like a for those who haven't heard about five languages of love it's about uh, how everyone expresses the language in which everyone expresses their love uh, and how they accept it so, for example, sometimes we think, oh, my husband doesn't love me. Uh, but the thing is, he's just, he expresses it in the way that yeah. he's comfortable with. And maybe sometimes he doesn't, a lot of people don't know about this thing. Actually, a lot of people do not know about these five languages of love. And I think that's one of the reasons uh, a lot of people have conflicts in the relationship. Um, like even my close friend or my family members they're like oh this one doesn't know like my husband doesn't know or my wife doesn't know like how to express her love I don't feel that he or she loves me enough so then I ask okay uh, what is it for you but how do you express your love and they say for example I I prefer words like how beautiful how wonderful or everyday thank yous for dinner or like Mm -hmm. breakfast you know or some of them express Mm -hmm. with gifts uh, they don't know, for example, how what to do, f- like to make the person happy physically, maybe. So they buy gifts and they help, and and they believe that oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna make my the loved one mm-hmm. much happier. Uh, and then I ask, okay, um, how, do you know how she expresses her love? And sometimes you know it's covering you when you're when you fall mm-hmm. asleep on the sofa. Sometimes it's like making you dinner without uh, asking for a thank you. And sometimes it's just saying like, take your hat, it's mm-hmm. cold outside. This is all like a kind of like a verbal expressions mm-hmm. of love without realizing mm-hmm. about it. And I think this is like very important. Can you talk about that? Like how, how do you accept or express um, your love? I th- yeah, I... I think uh, let's name the five of them. Like first is uh, uh, present. Second is uh, mm-hmm. expression, like in words, uh, saying uh, good things about your mm-hmm. partner. And then third is uh, spending time. Uh, fourth is, mm-hmm. uh, what is fourth? Um, there is yeah, a yeah, touch, physical right? touch or something like that. And then yeah. fifth is uh, time. Uh, uh, let me see. I opened it. So it's quality uh, yeah. words of affirmation, gifts, oh, acts yeah. of service, quality time, yeah. and For physical me, touch. For me, it's um, uh, spending time, and then mm-hmm. yeah, quality, quality time, and then you can choose uh, uh, several of them. 
they can yeah they can express uh, love for you even like even five of them could be for some people Mm -hmm. but for me most Mm -hmm. importantly are uh quality time and then um um acts of service these are the most important Mm -hmm. uh qualities that will show the the love of them so that's how you uh, that's how i accept it but and mm-hmm. okay but how do i express i express my love in uh, okay i express my love in words of affirmation mm-hmm. uh and then um uh, uh, acts of service as well because i think if mm-hmm. you like something in when you prefer something when you accept it that's what you do because you do it you know so for me it's again quality mm-hmm. time and then acts of service and also awards mm-hmm. but do you think about what the other person how the other person accepts love because otherwise yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. work right yeah but i i'm not quite sure about my partner I'm, i mean about my husband but i think for him it would be like for any uh any male any man it's the words mm-hmm. Uh, of affirmation like saying mm-hmm. good things about him and then um and then presence i think even small yeah gifts, gifts right? and mm-hmm. also um yeah i think these are two main things mm-hmm. interesting very interesting right i love talking about this five lang- five lang- uh, love languages with people because every time it kind of challenges them. Uh, sometimes it challenges me when I'm listening to them. And it's kind of like a very interesting way to uh, try to understand other person's yeah. behavior. Yeah. And what about you? For me, uh, okay, I express by mm-hmm. words of affirmation. Uh, I think it's very important for any person to know uh, that they're enough. Uh, that they're doing mm-hmm. good and uh, and we yeah, all love that's, compliments that's... so even though even even though if we say oh no I'm not like I'm okay with like without word expression we still want to know that we are beautiful so that's how I usually uh, mm-hmm. express it um, for some reasons I love making gifts like even if it's like a small thing, even if it's, I don't know, an ice cream or, I don't know, bigger mm-hmm. gift, you know. Uh, I love that. Uh, what else? I think it depends on, the, mm-hmm. in, on my partner. If it depends on how he accepts uh, the, what's his language of accepting the love. So I try to, um, I try to think about that before doing something so sometimes it challenges me because not all men are very um Mm -hmm. transparent you know sometimes you have to ask sometimes you cannot ask because it's still beginning Mm -hmm. of relationship it's a little Mm -hmm. bit challenge uh the way i accept it is uh for me physical touch i am not a very touchy person with other people normally uh, I'm very touchy with kids, animals, mm-hmm. and my boyfriend, usually. So, like, for me, that's the source of uh, touch of energy 
you know, like just even holding hands or hugging. Uh, that's for me mm-hmm. is very important. I love gifts. I don't know if it's a, I don't want to generalize it by saying, oh, it's a girl thing, but mm-hmm. I love gifts. And I love, I mean, words mm-hmm. of affirmation. For me, it's important to know that uh, mm-hmm. I matter in his life, that I'm important. And for me, it's important to, to, to hear, uh, I don't know, all kinds of compliments and sweet words because I'm expressive in that sense and I want mm-hmm. to hear it. Yeah. So that's yeah. what works. I think uh, everybody wants to hear if it, even if it's a good yeah, thing, it's, it's a woman or a man, everybody wants to hear that they matter, that they are loved, and that um, yeah, I think it's it's I think it's general, you know, like the words, yeah, and the, and the physical touch yeah. as well, because um, scientifically they say that uh, uh, every day you have to have at least mm-hmm. eight hugs. With the person you love. Yeah, that's I. That's what yeah. I read as well. Yeah, that it helps you produce yeah. endorphins, the hormones of happiness, and puts you in a better puts you in a better mood. better mood, and then it helps building uh, your relationship uh, better with the part with your yeah. partner with your loved one. So yeah, I, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I once told to my husband that it's very important to uh, hug eight times a day, and he was laughing like, "Are you going to count?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite sweet. so. Yeah. Uh, did you have questions that you wanted to discuss? Well, uh, I have questions that were asked on Instagram, and they were, yeah, okay, and they were mainly for you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh really <laughs> so let me guess everyone is asking when i'm getting married they were asking <laughs> and i'm gonna say who were asking them they were our friends <laughs> and okay, then okay. um yeah there were there are a couple of them so i'm thinking uh okay um Okay, how would you describe your future husband? Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is one thing that I usually always think about uh, one way or another. Um, so I was earlier I was talking about values, right? For me, I have my values that are very important for me. And that's why it's like uh, he, he has to be very honest and I usually draw a line between being honest and saying the truth. Uh, saying the truth is different when you ask, but being honest is telling the truth even when you're not asked. So that for, that for me is very important. Uh, kindness, mm-hmm. not just on words, but by his actions towards other people, towards animals, mm-hmm. towards loved ones. Uh, I personally do not discriminate between genders, nationalities, uh, wealth, mm-hmm. you know, uh, social, um, what do you call it, financial s- state. For me, it all doesn't matter. Uh, if the person is a jerk, person mm-hmm. is a jerk. If the person is good, 
he or she is good. For me, that's where I draw. That's that what that's what makes a difference for me. Their behavior. So for me, that's very important because I think if he's mean or cruel to other people, that's not relationship mm-hmm. is not gonna work. Um, respectful of mm-hmm. my opinion, uh, I am quite an opinionated person. Uh, I totally respect other person's opinion, and even if they disagree with me, that's fine. Uh, but I need to know that my opinion mm-hmm. matters too. And I want him to uh, ask for my opinion, because if it's gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be like my way or no way, uh, I'm sorry, it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. Uh, I think I grew up to be a res- self-respectful person, not just as a woman, but in whole. Um, for me, mm-hmm. it's very important. And at this point, I realized husband has to be someone who will be able to build a house with you, have kids, I don't know, um, try to make each other happy mm-hmm. and work, I don't know, 200, 1000% until like, if it really doesn't work out, then you can say, okay, we mm-hmm. tried. Otherwise, like, just keep working. I-, I think at this point, that's what matters. Before it used to be like, oh, he has to be handsome, he has to be tall, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now I think it's, and it's all mm-hmm. okay. I, uh, what makes us beautiful inside out is who we are inside more than yeah. what's outside. Yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, does he have to be Kazakh or it can be? It could be a foreigner. I prefer mm-hmm. foreigner. I had a lot of experiences with Kazakh people, um, and. It's very difficult for us to understand each other, mm-hmm. honestly. Even like with my relatives, with my brother, uh, I see what doesn't work mm-hmm. for me. I feel more comfortable with foreigners. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, do you want to get married to a guy from uh, a Kazakh Turkish mm-hmm. high school? Hell, <laughs> why? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, today, someone, uh, one of the, like, I was sharing about how we were all hungry on Instagram during high school years. So one of the girls wrote me, oh, like, I never met a bad person from our school. And I said, you know what? We were raised very polite, to be very polite. So the first impression we make is always nice. We, but like deep, deep inside, we all have the same problems, issues as any other person, you know, from yes. any other school. Um, I think they kind of, you know, this goody goody when they want to be like the, by the rules, by the book, at least the guys that I've mm-hmm. seen so far, they, they are not like, I have very rarely seen the life smart guys. They're more book smart and try to be like a good example kind of guys. Uh, So it really doesn't work for me because I have my fun side. I have my crazy side. I have my good side. So if I want to go crazy, I want to be able to go crazy Mm -hmm. with my husband. And I don't think they're capable of doing Mm. that. Yeah, I think uh, when you asked about soulmates, I think most importantly Mm -hmm. uh, is 
when you can be crazy with your loved one, with your husband, when you can laugh at the same things, um, you know, like be uh, to behave uh, to not to behave, but to be your true self around the person is very important. Yeah, without like making without trying to make an impression. Like in the beginning, yeah, of course, you you will still have this, uh, we call it the candy flowery period, right? When you try to impress the person. But your true crazy self, if you have that side, it will come out at some point. The earlier, the better, I think. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think it's very important to be comfortable, to be able to uh, express yourself in any way possible and he may not understand it like even i may not understand whatever Mm -hmm. he wants or whatever he wants to do Uh, but if you can sit and talk Mm -hmm. about it good if you cannot and he insists on doing something he wants and you just accept it and Mm -hmm. let him do it yeah exactly it's like with any other person if uh if you are married to the person and you you don't um you don't uh, think that he's gonna do what you want you know we expect we that. expect you know to certain yeah. extent we expect that but yeah of yeah, course because we, there there are two different peoples in the relationship um and they have their own craziness they have their own good sides so again it's you are very lucky uh, a person is very lucky if he really finds the soulmate in this life and gets married to the person I think. So do you think is it's possible to have like a marriage with love and partnership at the same yeah. time? Or do you think it's separate? Uh, no, I think it is possible. But you need to understand also that um, uh, what we call love is not the love that we think uh, when we meet the person. Like it's only the affection. It's not mm-hmm. love. Love is built and it happens after three or five years of marriage or or partnership. Wow. It's, yeah, you can read um, you can read in the psychology books. Uh, they say that it's not the first uh, feeling that you have towards a person is not love. We call it I love mm-hmm. you, I'm in love, but it's actually not love. It's the chemistry and the hormones and the affection and the passion that you are feeling towards the person but the actual love as the feeling as the real thing it happens after uh, many years of hard work of, after many years of accepting the person of giving to the person that's what you call love mm-hmm. so when you ask is it possible to have uh, like love and soulmateness with the person it is possible but if you are ready to do the hard work with the person yeah Yeah. but uh that and you know we used to hear when we were uh young that um the the love uh it disappears after three years of marriage remember yeah yeah uh, they say it because uh it's not the love that disappears it's the affection that disappears because the hormones and the passion it all fades Mm -hmm. away at, uh, at at a certain point of time you know like it gradually comes down to zero not to zero but if you for mm-hmm. example if you're working with your partner to have the same level of affection and passion which 
not many uh not many uh couples can i i, I can say that mm-hmm. uh safely say that 99% of couples they can't do this at the uh the first mm-hmm. three years of marriage uh they, also in psychology they say that there are like a three-year crisis five-year crisis seven-year crisis mm-hmm. 14-year crisis and then later on it goes goes to you know like 30 or 50 mm-hmm. but um the that affection and the passion it goes away and then what is left is the trust the friendship the honesty the acceptance and all of these things are called love like in general when you are feeling that feeling to to the person and when you feel that you cannot leave uh you, you want to leave i mean that not you can't but you want and you are willing to live with the person and build a happy family for the rest of your life that's what what's called love that's that's wonderful i think definition of a marriage now you um, expressed like beautifully put I think thank you but it also came to me as an experience because at first it was difficult for me to understand that where is the affection going where is the passion mm-hmm. going why it's not happening with the same way it did like a year ago or when we got married where is it for me it was difficult to understand because all of these things that the life and all of you know, like real life hits in and then you understand that mm-hmm. where is all of the, those feelings that I had to my husband? Where is it going? And that's when I started to read all of these psychology things and psychology books that said that um, that's when I learned that it wasn't love. It's, it, 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 mm-hmm. it, just, it was just the chemistry and the affection. The first impression, and the first impression right, yes, because when you um, meet the person, when you are like going out with him, you don't know the person that well, because as you said, we want to show and impress the other person. But later on, when you live with a person every single day, you see him and you see all of these, his feelings, sometimes you are bad to you, sometimes you are bad to him mm-hmm. and all of these things. And then you feel that where where are these feelings going i don't love the person anymore i hate the person or sometimes you say okay i regret marrying the person you know all of these feelings every single couple come goes through all of these stages uh they are called seven stages Mm -hmm. of love uh the first stage Mm -hmm. is the affection this chemistry the second stage Mm -hmm. is the um uh, what you call uh, we call it pritirka in Russian but in, uh, in yeah when you're kind of like a getting, yeah, used to you're each getting other. used to the person the third stage is you are getting annoyed with the person with the person then the mm-hmm. fourth stage is you hate the person then the fifth stage is you okay you are accepting the person the sixth stage you are saying okay I want to be friends with the person and then the seventh stage is the love and they say the psychologists say that the seventh stage of the actual love comes after 10 15 20 years it's um, all depends on the uh, awareness of the couple of the people that are you know like the awareness the consciousness uh, 
if the people they are not conscious enough to understand all of these things they will go through all of these things uh, uh, like in a cyclical mode you know all over again but if people are conscious mm-hmm. and then they want to build uh, the relationship uh, to build a happy family they will go through these stages gradually like but everybody everybody 100% will go through all of these stages of hatred of anger of um mm-hmm. of aggression to the person everybody goes through that but it's only the readiness the awareness of the people of the partners to go through all of these stages and still want to be together that's what matters and this will lead to the to the love that we call love at the end that's very interesting that's like a very um very conscious uh, behavior towards love and marriage right it's not like sugar-coated uh, it's not dramatically infused like movie-like uh, impression it's like very uh, to be uh, to a certain extent a bit brutal mm-hmm. I would say uh, but very honest uh, uh, definition of love and marriage uh, one of my followers on Instagram uh, asked Uh, what do you think about uh, Chekhov? Uh, Chekhov is a, a Russian writer. Uh, about his expression, which which goes as, "If you're scared of loneliness, uh, don't get married." Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know why? Well, what does it mean to uh, you? For yeah. me, uh, it means that um, in every relationship, you will feel lonely. Anybody, take any couple for instance they will say the, th- the same thing as he said because uh, you are not going to be 100% understood by the other person because he is a totally different person you are expecting that he will understand or she will understand but it's not guaranteed so mm. uh, at some point you will feel lonely it will happen for you 100% But it's the ability to understand and to accept that, yes, this will happen in my life. Um, but it's okay to go through all these things. Because you can be lonely by being by your own. And you can be lonely by being in a relationship. Um, yes, true. So uh, people are sometimes people. Uh, there are people... Um, who live in a happy, happy relationship. Uh, have you read the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah. Remember at the first, um, uh, at the beginning of the book, she describes how she was in a happy marriage uh, with, a, with a wonderful guy who she knew from the high school. But she wasn't, mm-hmm. she had a beautiful job. She had very, she had everything that anybody can dream of. But she was lonely. She didn't know. She thought that something is missing in her life. And she would cry all the mm-hmm. time at night because she couldn't explain it to her husband because he would say, okay, are you going crazy or something like that? And she, mm-hmm. at one point of time, she went to her bathroom at night and she was laying on the on the floor of the bathroom and she was crying and she was um, asking God, help me. Because I don't understand what is missing. What's happening to me? Am I going crazy? Like I have everything, but still I'm lonely. What is going on? 
-hmm. and she asked for help and then at that time she she uh, writes in the book she says that she got she heard god say go to sleep and then she mm -hmm. went to sleep to her bed and the next morning in the morning she uh explained to her husband that she wants to get the divorce and uh, she always wanted to travel and learn italian and travel the world and yes. that's how she found her in the end she found her true love but sometimes people uh being in a wonderful relationship having kids having everything they can dream about they have these uh periods when they are lonely because they can't explain this there they, it's it's actually psychologically proven that um, it happens to the people who ha, who have everything mm -hmm. but what do you think that that thing which is missing is that a communication uh, what what is it why do you think people feel lonely like that and they cannot express it to other person uh, I think um, uh, in her example uh that was that she at the beginning from her childhood she never knew what she wanted to do in life maybe she knew mm. but from the society it was uh like uh, inflicted upon her to get married to the to the person who she, she thought she loved no, now I mean in your opinion, not in the movie. Uh, in my opinion, yes, it's certainly it's the communication, because sometimes you feel that uh, the other person cannot understand you. You are afraid that they won't understand you, and then mm. you don't know how to uh, express it. You don't know who to talk to, uh, and then sometimes people um that are around you they are so um busy with their stuff that they don't see what's going on with you and mm -hmm. they see what they see you know you never you can never uh expect that the other person will fully understand you and but sometimes there are people that you know you you talk to some strange person and they they say yeah. the things that you need. Have you had that uh, in your life? Like, yeah, quite, quite often. often yeah. The things that it's this, it's the words that people, the strange people say, tell you, and then you are realize that yeah, that's the words what that I was looking for. You know what I noticed? Like I had an experience that uh, I was. I was feeling weird in the sense like kind of like lonely uh, or I felt like there's something missing in a relationship. And when I expressed it or before expressing it, I felt like my feelings are not as important as his problems. And his problems were uh, work stuff, a lot of stress, a lot of things going on. And I felt like just because mine are emotional, his is physical work. He's spending more of his energy, more of his uh, mental stability, you know, to work with on his physical actual work problems. And I felt like my emotional problems 
are not as important and I'm making it a big deal out of nothing. Mm -hmm. So I think this is one of the fears that partners be challenged with, right? I think that's one of the things that we think we cannot express it because we think our feelings are, what we are feeling is not as important as theirs. Like as if they're doing more job. Yeah, they are going through a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff. But it doesn't mean that we should struggle as much as that person to make whatever we are feeling important. Mm-hmm. That's just like a bit like uh, interesting because through talking to you right now, I realize, yeah, I have been actually suppressing my own uh, importance of my own mm-hmm. emotions or like importance of uh, of the problem because I was feeling mm-hmm. that. And this is actually a big problem for a lot of couples and I think in particular women because they may they may feel that uh, they're not their problems are not as important as their mm-hmm. husbands yeah so I think uh, you need to look for a partner who will um, who will not um, say that your feelings are not important or your emotions are not important, who are ready to try to understand what you are going through, even if it's your emotions, even if it's your feelings, even if it's like, uh, it's not important, maybe. Like, maybe it will go away in one day. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's the ability of, or readiness of two people to dive in the relationship and to communicate about the feelings because you know recently i was listening to a lot of uh lectures on youtube and uh what i understood is that they say that the relationship and mm-hmm. the marriage is the most important thing in life more important than work more important than uh uh money more important than you know, anything or, or opinion of other people that we need mm-hmm. to have the attitude to, to the relationship that it's the most important thing in life. Because really, even looking nowadays at this coronavirus and the crisis that is going on, it came to do, it came to um, teach us that the relationship is the most important thing. Because, look, uh, before, we all had our stuff going on. The work, Mm -hmm. the families, um, you know, like the um, outside life, the outside life. But nobody Mm -hmm. worked on the inside life, the the relationships, the families. And now people are... We were were kind of running away from it, right? Because we thought it's more important. But now people are stuck in... uh, in the in the, in home in their houses with families um some people all of them are stuck and then they now have to deal with all of the problems they had before but they were running away from them to work to outside life mm-hmm. but now they're 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 um solving all these problems now with this virus going on and also the friendship as well like people started to call each other uh to you know make video calls to talk to communicate to each other because 
Yeah. So uh, it it teaches us that the most important thing in life is your relationship, not only with your loved one, but also with your friends, with your family, uh, all of these circles of your yeah. uh, close people to you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and now I realize that the most important thing apart uh, among all of the things in life is the relationship and, and the family. So, we, yeah, so we true. need to work on that. We need to understand our uh, loved ones, our partners, our husbands and wives, our in-laws, our uh, own parents, our uh, siblings, everybody, our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, because before we didn't have that um, we had the uh, opportunities but we didn't make any uh, effort to do it to do it that's true yeah oh, our talks with you are always so long like I, I feel like it's not enough just like uh, this time I thought we we're gonna maybe uh, finish it in an hour but like I think it's all like way more than that and I, and I love that. I think it's there's always like so much to discuss. Uh, very different, very interesting opinions, yeah. right? Uh, do you have more questions? Um, let me see. Okay, they were... Um, yeah, I asked about um, marriage. Uh, okay. Uh, what rules do you think should be there in in marriage between uh, husband and wife rules, rules yes that's very that's very interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i can play this to my own advantage <laughs> uh well i think wife is always beautiful okay and it's not up to discussion <laughs> no matter what changes it's all she's always beautiful that's the rule one um husband is the best okay even even if brad pitt is more hot husband is the best i think that's the rule as well it's not up to discussion (laughs) is that like the you know like the uh, non-negotiable by default things um I think like when, when it comes to parenting, if one parent is parenting the kid, the other parent shouldn't interfere, even if the other parent doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in my household, I would like it to be that way. Even if I don't agree or he doesn't agree, we can go to another room later on and discuss about it. What's the difference and what we can mm-hmm. do? Because it dismisses... Uh, it dismisses the authority uh, of another per- per parent in front of a kid. So I, I think it's not a very good example um, for, for a kid. Uh, that's for when it comes to uh, parenting. Um, what else? I think respect in front of other people. Toward, I mean, respect towards each other in front of other people when you're alone, tete-a-tete, um, I don't know, in front of family, no matter where you are, uh, you do not argue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
always be respectful of each other, even if you're joking or not joking, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You can discuss it later on at home, whatever problems you have, but not uh, mm-hmm. on public. Uh, I think these are the things that I can think of, and I don't know, always... Uh, oh, the main important rule, do not go to bed mm-hmm. angry. Yeah. That's actually one of my like biggest rules. Uh, I don't want to go to bed uh, angry at my husband or towards yeah. each other. Fair enough. Very good. Uh, and also another question that I had um, in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you think is it best to get married for a Kazakh girl? Especially because we are considering in our discussion here the Kazakh mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it better to get young i mean to get married when when you are young or is it better mm-hmm. to get married when you are um already um uh what do you call a self like an empowered mo- woman that had yeah. you know that has the career and education when do you think it's better and what are the disadvantages or advantages of these two approaches That's an amazing question. I I love that question because I usually raise it in discussions quite often and um, usually get very negative comments about that. (laughs) I can imagine. That's an argument starter for me. Um, So I think everyone should get married when they think they're ready. That's a rule number one. And Everyone has their own timing. Everyone has their, uh, I don't know, different states of development and, and everything, you know. Some people are married at 20 and they're like super, like, extremely happy. Uh, some people are married at 30 and they're unhappy or happy. So I think it depends. For me, logically thinking, being rational, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in Kazakhstan, it's considered if you get married before twenty, no, before twenty-five, you marry the guy you choose. If you're getting married after twenty-five years old, you are getting married to whatever is left there. That's like actual saying in mm-hmm. Kazakhstan. That's why, like after twenty-five, you're considered an old mm-hmm. lady, um, uh, old virgin. They call it um, in Kazakhstan. I think when you're in your um, like early 20s when you're 20, 21, 22 you are still a kid have you seen 20 year old girls mm-hmm. now? they're like still kids, they still want an attention as a little kid they still want them, they're still asking for permission to go out from their boyfriends and everything uh, somewhere I read uh, that 20, the people in their 20s are the teenagers who are supposed to act as an adult, but they still have no idea what to do. So like up to 25, 26, I think you're still a teenager trying to figure out what you are supposed to do, who you are supposed to be, um, and how you want to do it, because you still have no idea. You just came out of a teenage years. You just became an adult, officially adult. You're supposed to work. You're supposed to be, I don't know, uh, earning money and at this in, well like at the same time some countries you have to be you need to be a parent or a husband mm-hmm. 
and you just started figuring out what life is about you know especially as a, as as a young girl i think it's quite difficult so for me i think it's like better after 25 i would suggest when you have your shit together uh when you have studied it's very important my mom always says as a woman you should work not because um you're so like oh, super independent and stuff but because you never know what's going to happen in the family if your husband dies god forbid what are you going to do and there are a lot of women who are sitting at home i don't know for many 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 years never worked relying on their husband and god forbid you never know what can happen and you cannot rely like having many children you know uh, just on that so she always says woman should always have your her investments and as a woman you should always work have your own separate money and i think that's like a great suggestion because um, you're a self-sufficient woman and when you're a self-sufficient woman uh, have your own activities you're working and stuff you're not playing on the nerves of your husband uh, asking him to come home early or uh, i don't know following his each move and stuff he is an independent he is i mean self-sufficient man you're a self-sufficient woman you finish your own activities you come home to your loved one mm -hmm. and you want to spend time together that's that's how i see a marriage mm -hmm. you know that's how i see a partnership in a marriage Uh, but everyone's, mm, I don't know, everyone have their own ways which work for them. Sometimes it doesn't work. So I think it depends. My opinion is to get married after 25. Considering that you studied, that you worked, that you saw life, met people uh, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What about you? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I think... Mm, that uh, before 25 uh, you are still very young to understand um, and it's not only the age you know like the the limit like 25 it's I think mm -hmm. it's when you are ready to build a family and you are realizing that it can be hard work and it's not And it's yeah. not only like the balloons and the uh, the flowers and blah blah blah. What you think or what you watch in the movies, which is mostly the case. Um, mm -hmm. We call it the um, pink uh, eyeglasses. Uh, yeah, looking through yeah. pink eyeglasses. So when you are ready to build a family with another person, um, realizing that you will go through things. Uh, that you are not expecting but you will for sure and you are ready to still go through all of that together and you are uh, 100% confident in your partner that he will never or he he will uh, make every effort to uh, be with you till the end and if you are confident in your partner and you are ready and you are conscious enough then yeah go for it Even if, if you are 20 or 22 or 25, it doesn't matter. But as soon as you realize that it's not um, always the flowers or uh, the rings or the uh, dates, datings and going out to different places or traveling like we see always in the, on the Instagram or other social networks, mm -hmm. that's when you are ready. 
and that's when I think it's you should get married. But if you are still in the uh, period when you want all of these romantic things, uh, you know, date with guys, go on beautiful dates, then you are not ready yet. That's what I think when you have to like um, um, make that decision. But I think still you can create romance in your marriage, no. in your relationship. Yeah, I mean, you will, but it's again, it's it's hard work. It's not like um, uh, I, I don't mean that it's it's going to be hard. I mean, it's a work that you need to do every single day. It's a, it's, it's, it's an, an effort, effort, right? Yeah. It's an effort. Because, yeah. I think in marriage, it making uh, creating a romance in a relationship is an yeah. effort. It's not like you're trying to impress the person when you're in a relationship. You know, let's say like less than a year of a relationship, you're still trying to impress each other. That's, I think, different thing. But when you're in a marriage, I think that's making an effort. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's still a ma- making an effort because... Uh, soon there will be kids and stuff and that there will be no time to uh, have these romantic things you will make an effort to do this so yeah and i think yeah for sure get the education start your career if you if you can if you have uh, all these uh, opportunities yes yeah, start your career yeah. uh, if you uh, have uh, a partner uh, or a boyfriend at the time and then explain that for you it's, it's this time is more important to build the career and then if he's ready to wait and then let's wait and then get married but i think again it should be your conscious decision yeah so that's it's very true. Uh, that was one yeah. of the... Uh, also, uh, what, another question for you is... Mm-hmm. Um, that was coming from... Okay, I lost track. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were talking about um, the time, yeah? Uh, when, oh, do you think... Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that getting married after 30 years is too late? Uh, definitely no. Mm-hmm. I think at at this age, I am so much more ready and conscious about this thing, about what marriage is, than I was younger. Sometimes I think it would be easier, for sure, to get married when in your when you're in your twenties, because you're still kind of silly. You do not understand the consequences. You do not understand how the hard work works. And sometimes I think, oh, maybe it would be easier if I got married younger. Mm-hmm. But I realized that it would be so much more difficult and there would be so much more hard mm-hmm. work because I was still trying to figure out who I am and what my values are, uh, what I'm worth, what do I want from life or from a man or from myself. I was still trying to figure out those things. And at the same time, you're getting married, kind of you, you lose yourself in everything I think at least for me that's how I think it would be so now I'm more of a uh, self-sufficient person looking for another self-sufficient person rather than feeling like as, as I'm missing something and I want to fulfill it with marriage mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't think that's the healthy way I would I I uh, I want it to be like uh, yeah 
a happy marriage, you know, a loving marriage, respectful marriage, I mean, full of respect mm-hmm. marriage. So it depends when, when, when you have this kind of a feeling, when you're ready, when you're uh, full, whole, you know, as one whole mm-hmm. person, I think that's when you're ready. And it doesn't matter, as you said, if you're 20, 25 or 30, but getting married after 20, definitely uh, not mm-hmm. late. Okay. After 30, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, thank you <laughs> for this opinion. Um, yeah. Have we covered all? I think, yeah, these last two were from uh, me, from myself. And mm-hmm. all of the questions that were from Instagram are finished. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. I like that we had some kind of, some, some feedback, some questions this time. Uh uh, it kind of helps to uh, poke different topics and discuss different topics, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, But we still have a lot of to- topics that we wanted to talk about. Definitely, yeah. Uh, like, well, sometimes you're talking about this thing. Next time I want to talk to you about psychology because I, I see you have been studying a lot about that. And I have studied psychology a lot as well. I, I love I love analyzing things. I love analyzing people. So I think for like one of the next topics, we can talk about that yeah, as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you very much. It was uh, so much fun. I don't know. I feel like if we're not like, uh, apart from a little bit of the formality in the voice, uh, I don't see any difference than our usual relationship, yeah. you know? Uh, you, usually our talks are more warm, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, here since it's a podcast I try to make it just a little bit more formal because we have a lot uh, uh, other listeners mm-hmm. as well and thank you for joining thank you for your questions and your interest and your opinions uh, I-, I loved it yeah personally. I appreciate that thanks for having me uh, can't wait to hear from you next time uh, I would like to thank our listeners if you have any questions you can leave uh, in our in my podcast, uh, you can leave your questions in my podcast or in my Instagram Aurelia Canali. Uh, this was me, Asiam, uh, from Singapore. Uh, thank you for joining us at Fashion Art and Coffee. Uh, have a good evening. Love to all.